0: Say yes and let Spreaker handle the rest. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's spreake dot com get started. Welcome to the Portuguese on Firefall Talk Radio. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, examining the Word of God, especially the Book of Acts Church. The Portugal Online Bible study was created to take a deeper look into how the early church served the Lord, restoring the priesthood of the believer and regaining the world-shaking influence the early church had. We do that by delving deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We take it for how it was written. We accept the red-letter basics just as they are. Church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc. Go on solomonsporch.org to contact us there, or you can go to Firefall Talk Radio and use the contact button. There's also ways to support us. Thank you to everyone who does. Make sure you bookmark the speaker site of Firefall Talk Radio as well as firefalltalkradio.com. We appreciate the support and the encouragement. Thank you to all of our listeners, uh, Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. This past weekend, we had the Sea Conference and give you a brief report. We had a great time, great people. Everybody that was supposed to be there was there. We had a good time of fellowship with each other. Presence of the Lord was there and strong. It was a time of learning, a time of inspiration, a time of prayer. And from what I understand from many who have contacted me and some of the praise reports I'm going to share, people left different than the way they arrived. And that was the goal. The goal of the SEA Conference was not just to open people's eyes, but to get them to see things, especially see themselves as they were designed to be you so that they can be who they were supposed to be in the coming days ahead. If you weren't there, I'm sorry you weren't. You missed something good. Can't say if we're going to do it again or not, but praise the Lord for this past weekend. I also praise Him for my home, for my wife, Family, sons, daughter-in-laws, grandson, our furry kids, and all of our possessions, everything that we have, everything that he's given us. I praise him for his protection, his Psalm 91 covering, which is always in effect, for the ministry that he lets me work, it's his, not mine, for the dreams and the visions and the guidance and the things that he's been sharing, I, I'm really excited for the days ahead. I praise Him for His healing virtues, which are still available to us. I praise Him to be able to praise Him and glorify His name and make a joyful noise and just shout. Shout to the Lord for all the earth. He is is a great and mighty God. He is awesome. He is my Abba Father. I praise Him for being a new creation and living in these prophetic times. Hopefully you have eyes to see and you're discerning the times and you are making use of them. I praise him for America with all of its problems. I still believe it's the greatest nation on the earth. The only other place I would want to live if I had to live someplace else is on a Caribbean island that the Lord has directed us to. And if not there, maybe Israel or Italy or how about we just go home to heaven? We all live there. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to come back. To me, that is the most exciting thing I can possibly think of right now. And the job that's needed to be done before he does is also invigorating and exciting. So let's get ready. I praise him for his favor and revelation and the things he's been sharing and showing and and all the things. And I praise him for this past weekend. I believe this past weekend was the beginning of something. I believe the message that he allowed me to share is something that can awaken the remnant, and I'm believing he's going to take it on the road to do that. My prayer is for the Middle East, for Israel, for the peace of Jerusalem, which means I am praying for the Prince of Peace to return. As always, I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents in and out of the womb, the victims of injustice, those that are being victimized, those that the enemy is taking advantage of, I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith, losing everything but never losing hope and never giving up on their salvation. I pray that the evil and the darkness we see is going to be responded to by the awakening remnant. We're going to shine that light. We're going to be like lighthouses to guide the people off the rocks of destruction I'm praying against the religious persecution and the anti-Semitism that's on the rise and for all the victims of human trafficking, women, uh, men, young boys. I mean, it's horrible what the enemy has been allowed to get away with. But again, I am believing this remnant that is awakened is going to start to pray and intercede and push back. Pray for divine wholeness, health and healing in me and all of us and all of our loved ones. Getting back to our divine design, which was a key topic this weekend. For healing for all who are sick and hurting right now in mind, body, and spirit. Praying for divine protection and inspiration. And I'm praying for that remnant to wake up. Maybe you weren't there this weekend. Maybe you believe that you're a part of that remnant which is called in these final days. Well, then wake up. Rise up. Answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, be a blessing. We need provisions. We need help. There's things to be done, and we need the resources to do it. I'm praying for his, for us to prosper in accordance with his word, and only in accordance with his word, and that the conduits of his blessings would be open and flowing towards us. Pray for my wife, Deb, here in Orlando, continuing, continued healing and restoration, favor in a legal matter that's dragged on way too long. Woody in Central Florida, he was there this weekend. His praise report is about the Sea Conference. He said, it was great to meet you in person. Everybody at the conference was kind, learning how very powerful words are in both output and receiving, and really impacted me, he said. For a long time, I believed negative things said about me, and I was very oppressed. He said, when I went up for prayer, it seemed like God already knew what to do. Yep, he does. And when you implied your hand on my heart and spoke the things about my home, I broke. But I felt I felt like a release of something going out, and the love coming into my heart felt like the love when I hug and embrace my children, but so much more powerful. I came out with a new outlook in who we are as believers and how much God loves each of us. Gave me more faith, and I know God wants me be more obedient, and I will now try harder in that walk. So, thank you so much for encouraging each of us in the prayers at the end. God bless you and brother. God bless you, brother, and Larry, and Greg, and everyone else who came to set the conference up for us. Stacy in Texas. Hold on here. Stacy did send me a praise report and prayer request, and it didn't make it, and I'm not going to do it until I add it. So, bear with me while I do this. It's been an interesting time. My original laptop is at Apple. This old laptop has been fighting me every step of the way. So, if we have technical problems, that will partially be the problem. Here we go. Here we go. Sorry about this, Stacy, but I'm not going to move forward without it. But the internet's not cooperating. In fact, if you want to pray for my laptop situation, that would be great because we looks like I may need a new one and that's not going to be cheap. Hold on. Got it. Going to add it and we're good. So before I bring my need, I'll bring my heart. Thank you Father for your love that brought me out of the darkness. Thank you for my family and for my family and you that welcomed me home with open arms. Thank you for everything you've given me, Abba. Please deliver my husband and my family. May they see your love and grace and learn their identity in you. Please protect my children. Heal their little hearts. May they come to know you as I do. Please bless and protect my friend Kim and her family. Bless and protect the Porch family and SRT. May they be given the provisions required to complete the mission you have for them in Jesus' name. This is, you are my heart and my hope. Amen. Now we go to Kim in Fort Mitchell, wow, everything just slid sideways on this page. Interesting day. Anyway, here it is. What a pleasure to finally meet everybody. This is Kim in Fort Mitchell. What a pleasure to finally meet everybody. Deb Grund has the kindest heart. She was so sweet and funny. I praise him for letting us pray together this weekend. I praise him for the things he revealed to me. I'm still sorting through Richard's teaching in my head. A few things stood out to me. It was the connection between the head and the heart and how we have deep connections with loved ones, even animals. This makes so much sense to me. The self-talk stood out to me as well as, as the Rice experiment. If you weren't there, you don't know what she's talking about. I praise him for this awareness. I praise him for my children all that he provides for us. I praise him for my salvation. Without that, I wouldn't even know about all this. I praise him for my friends, Stacy, and the Porch families. Father, I feel spirit-filled after this weekend. Help me to sustain that. Teach me how to keep this. Remind me who I am when I don't believe it. Give me this now faith. Again, something that got taught this weekend about now faith. Father, I struggle with clearly understanding your assignments and what you want me to do sometimes. Help me to see that clearer. Father, I'm praying for my husband and my mother's soul like I never did before. Hold my hand and guide me. Father, nothing is impossible for you. Please favor me in a situation that seems impossible. Looking for a part-time job, help me find the right thing and make it available. Deliver my children and I. Protect us, bless us, favor us. In Jesus' name. Father, we just come to you now in the name above all names, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. And we touch, and we agree, and speak by faith. Your blessings, your peace, your freedom your light, your life, your living waters to flow in us and out of us. We thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for the upper room. We thank you for sending your holy begotten Son to pay the price of our sins so that we can be reconciled to you. Now, Father, we just reach out and apprehend by faith. We we touch and we agree and we Activate that now faith, that now faith for the now blessing and the spirit of the living God to flow upon us and touch in each and every one of us and deliver us and heal us and restore us and heal and restore our families. Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We want your will in our life. We want Isaac blessings. We don't want Ishmael blessings. We want the perfect will of God, not the permissive will of God. And that's what we come into agreement with each other right now. That the perfect will of God would be present in our life, would be activated in our life. That these words we heard this weekend and the words we'll hear now will change us, will stay with us, will impart themselves onto us, heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit and that we would believe and receive in accordance with your word everything that you have for us so that we can go and do what you've called and asked us to do. Father, we thank you, and we love you, and we praise you, and we ask that you bless this time, protect the technology, protect this laptop, make sure that it doesn't fail. We thank you for what's coming, every prayer being answered, everything that we need to do and serve you, and glorify your name. And I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted that the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information and the manner presented is exclusive and cannot be repeated or reused without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. And speaking of technical problems. <laughs> Well, praise God that I have this extra laptop that I never sold it, but it's about eight or nine years old. They don't usually last that long, even if they are an Apple MacBook Pro, but we're going to believe that we're going to make it through. I have a quote here from C.S. Lewis from his book on miracles, and this is what he says. And he's talking about God, so when you hear the word he, that's who he's referring to. He's not the soul of nature, nor any part of nature. He inhabits eternity. He dwells in a high and holy place. Heaven is his throne, not his vehicle. Earth is his footstool, not his vesture. One day he will dismantle both and make a new heaven, a new earth. He's not to be identified even with the divine spark in man. He is God and not man. So after this past weekend and the weeks of everything we've been teaching... I wanted to find out what the Lord wanted to say, and it came down to uh, part of a book I'm reading and some things, some scriptures I read this morning, and basically what we're going to be talking about right now is His will, His way. Throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the, the comments and the references and the direction towards God's will are nonstop. Hebrews 2.4 said, God also bearing witnesses with, witness with both signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will. Everything is done, his will, his way. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is his will? What is it? Pray for it to be done here on earth. Make doing his will our food. We need to seek it as Messiah did. We need to understand it and we need to do it from the heart. We need to know his will and we need to live it out. His will is for all to be saved and he's using us to do that. His will is that we not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You cannot... Live his will, his way, and be conformed to this world. And also his will is that we would possess our bodies in holiness, sanctification, and honor. In praying for God's kingdom to come soon, Yeshua's disciples were praying for justice and righteousness, peace and mercy to be established We know from the Lord's teaching, Red Letter Basics, that outside of God's will, no person will be permitted into his presence. Matthew 7.21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Matthew 12.50, when they were saying your brothers and your sisters and your families out here, he said, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. If you are doing the will of God, if you are abiding by his will, his way, then when the Lord looks at you, he sees more than servant or follower, he sees family. He told parables that referred back to the will of the Father. We see it in Matthew 21, starting with verse 28. It says, A man had two sons, and he came to the first and says, of such, What do you think? A man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. And the son answered and said, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And the second son answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? And the disciples said to him, The first. And Yeshua answered, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots Enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the into, in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him, but tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward repent, relent, and believe him. It's talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the audience around them. There's a lot of people that say the right things. They talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. This past weekend, we had... Some famous author and pastor and preacher and teacher who's been around for 20 years and, and become the darling of the millennials get up one day and go, Oops, I was wrong. I'm not really a Christian. I renounce my faith. I'm walking away. Folks, there's a lot of people that say all, and do, and say all the right things, but they don't do them. There's no fruit on their tree, and the leaf you see have been taped there or stapled there. Doing his will, doing it his way, that's what we're talking about on earth as it is in heaven. How is it in heaven? Well, they don't question God in heaven. They don't resist. They don't delay. They don't talk back. They don't wonder. They don't ask questions. But that that prayer in what we call the Lord's Prayer, very similar to something David Said in first chronicles twenty nine verses eleven through thirteen yours O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all, both riches and honors, riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all in your hand. His power and might in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, O God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Extremely different than the Lord's Prayer. That was very powerful and very to the point, but it's very detached, and it's praying to God, external, far away on the throne. The Lord's Prayer is very intimate. Abba, Father. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees wanted to kill Yeshua for teaching that prayer to the people. Holman's Bible Dictionary explains the Word of God as God's plan and purpose for His creation and for each individual. Some came this weekend to find out what God's plan was for them. To do that, they needed some things to get out of the way. They needed some clarity. They needed to have eyes to see and ears to hear. They needed to know how much He loved them. The biblical perspective is completely different. When we look at the biblical perspective of everything, like the universe, we see it as created, sustained, and providentially governed by God. The universe is held together by his will, by his essence, by his very nature, by what we talked about this weekend as his Kinetic, vibrational nature—that that dunamis of the Holy Spirit, that self-replicating power—that's always flowing, it's always churning, it's always there, kind of like in the atoms and in the quantum realm. God's will is so powerful that it holds everything. Whatever the Lord pleases, He does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all the deep places. Psalm 135, 6. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. Psalm 40, verse 8. You know what's interesting about the law? And I'm off notes here. I'm off-road, so bear with me. It's a good thing I drive a 4-by-4 with a stick shift. Going off-road would be very difficult. There's a lot of people who say that they they follow the law. They're not born again, or they once were, but they're not anymore. And they adhere to the law, but they don't adhere to the law. Because the law says if you break one aspect of the law, you fail them all. And how you treat your family, how you treat loved ones, how you treat animals, what comes out of your mouth, what goes into your mouth. There's so many different laws that we can never fulfill them all. And if Yeshua didn't pay the price to take us out from under the law and put us in a covenant of grace, we would never, ever make it. But what is his law? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. They can't even get past that one. God's will is always good, it's always acceptable, and it's always perfect. You never have to wonder, does he know what he's doing? That scripture I quoted before, Romans twelve two. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The natural mind cannot know, cannot accept the perfect will of God. It takes a redeemed, born-again mind to do that. Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind is enmity. It's hatred against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. Titus 1, 15, to the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Even their mind and conscience are defiled. You can look in the world. You can look at media, social media, politics. You can look at all the people out there that are conformed to this world. And know that they need to be transformed in their mind by being born again. Now in the midst of all these things, in the midst of everything that we talk about, you may you may look at life, you may look at this world, you, you may see situations that whether they're, you're involved or others, and say, you know what, Lord, I just don't understand. And you'd be right. You don't understand. It's... Your spirit, man, your your mind has to be changed. The, The natural mind cannot understand the things of God. It's a mind submitted to the supernatural mind of Messiah. If you think you don't understand, you're right. And at that moment, you need the Lord to help you. Say, Lord, help my understanding. Holy Spirit, explain this to me. That's how you sustain what you learned this weekend at the SEA Conference. Holy Spirit, help me. Remind me. Teach me. Expound upon what I, ha- I heard. Take me to Scripture. Show me. That's what he wants to do. If you know him and you feel his presence, the Holy Spirit wants to help you set your mind on things above and not things on the earth. Colossians 3.2 Philippians 4:8 finally brethren whatever things are true whatever things are noble whatever things are just whatever things are pure whatever things are lovely whatever things are of a good report if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy meditate on these things the only way to find god's will is to set your mind on the heavenly and not the earthly I think many men and women start out with good intentions. They start out on the right road. And then the enemy tricks them into taking their eyes off of heaven and heavenly things and put them onto earthly things, put them onto worldly things, put them onto the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And before you know it, they've lost their way because their focus is wrong. Oh, they can go about and keep doing things and sound like they're serving the kingdom like that author and pastor and who just suddenly one day woke up and said, well, you know, I'm divorcing my wife and I'm leaving the ministry and I'm walking out of my church. and But it's okay because I don't really believe any of this anymore anyway. Maybe he ran for fear. I don't know because the Word of God doesn't tolerate that. See, for the word of God is living and is powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. And it is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Amplified takes that a little further. The word of God that speaks is alive and full of power making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit of the joints and the marrow, the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. That's why people, many people, not all, they don't want a pure word. They don't want an uncompromised word. Don't don't preach conviction. Don't make me feel uncomfortable about the sins in my life. Don't tell me about judgment. Don't tell me about the day of the Lord. I don't want to hear all that. that get, tell me, I, I want my ears tickled. I want to feel good about myself. Edify me. Build me up while I rot inside from sin and death. The capabilities of the Word are clearly stated there in Hebrews 4.12. And the nature of God's Word is that it is life-giving communication. You know, this weekend we talked about the DNA and how you are an active, ongoing transmitter and receiver of divine communication to your Father, and that was hijacked and broken when Adam and Eve fell. But it was restored when you became born again with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He wants to be in constant communication with you, but he's expecting that you're going to listen, you're going to live and do his will, his way. And that word was says the the word of God is living and powerful, that word powerful is energesis in the Greek. It's the source of the word energy, which means the word of God is sharp and sore and sharp, and penetrating and active, it's energized, it's like a laser and it attacks your thought life and the motivations and the purposes of your heart, the heart, the first brain in the body that went into effect that helped build the baby in the womb from the spine outward. It's a while before the second computer, the second brain, the actual brain goes into effect. It comes from the heart. What's in your heart right now? Are you willing to do things his way in accordance with his will? Do you want to do your own thing? Oh, I hear what you're saying, Richard, and that works for you. But, you know, I want to do things my way. I want my own style. I I don't want to be like you. I want to be like me. No, don't be like me. Be like Yeshua. Be like Jesus. Because he was about his father's business. He was about his father's will. You want a role model, there it is. Stop looking in the mirror for your role model. Look up. And the word of God has the unique ability not only to expose and discover the merit of our actions, but to reveal its hidden motivations. All things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. That's the very next scripture, Hebrews 4, 18. There is no creature hidden from his sight, none. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him, to whom we must give account. Remember, we talked about your DNA recording. We talked about the recording abilities of your DNA, 700 terabytes on one gram of DNA. Recording every word you say, every thought, everything you've done, everywhere you've been. So when you give an account of what, whatever you did, will it be his way or your way? Will the, will the story told be the story of his way or will it be your way? Did you follow your will or his will? You need a new motto, you need a plan. How about this one? If it's God's will, I will. But the reality is, and I'm going to help you out here, you won't always get it right. In fact, more often than not, you'll be wrong or just slightly off the mark. But that's what repentance is about. That's what grace is about. That's what the blood is about. He's just and right to forgive your sins if you'll confess your sins. But make your daily prayer as you set out about your day, as you set out to live his will, his way, by his word. You know, the word of God, the word of God is quick. It's alive, it's full of vigor, it's strong, it's powerful, it's active, it's effectual, it's sharper than any two edged sword. It cuts on the way in, cuts on the way out. It's piercing, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, those deep hidden places. That right now, by the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, by the power of the living word of God, let it search you out. Let it go through your body. Let it find every part of you that's wrong and out of order. Let it go through your spirit, man, and find every part of you that's out of order. Let it go through your mind and your synapses and your thoughts and your decisions and expose everything that you think is hidden because nothing is hidden from him. It discerns your thoughts. It discerns the intent of your heart. In all the years I've been in ministry, I've met people. Looked good, sounded good, smelled good, dressed right, said all the right things, could preach up a storm. Then you found out about the hidden things and the hidden places and what went on in the darkness and what was really going on in that heart and that mind. And you get let down, you get hurt. But that's because we put our eyes on man. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw people unto me. Take your eyes off a man. They're always going to fail you. They're by flesh. Set your eyes on the Lord. And know that even when you mess up, if your heart is right, if your intention is right, forgiveness is available. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who doesn't sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now when you want to do his will his way, a mistake is one thing. Messing up or missing a point or thinking he wanted something that he didn't really want, then you repent and you turn back to the right direction. But outright disobedience is sin. Rebellion is sin. That's what the angels did. They knew better and they chose to do wrong. Sin, Sin is knowing to do right and choosing to do wrong. And that scripture, 1 Peter 4, 5, about giving an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. If he does an audit of our books, of our records, were we conscientious about obeying him? Or did we keep two sets of books? You know, crooked people keep two sets of books. They keep one for the auditor and the IRS. And then they keep another one that's an actual tally of what's going on and how much business and cash and money so that they know how the business is doing. One tells the truth, one doesn't. Not that it'll matter. He knows both sets. But are we keeping two sets of books? Are we hoping he overlooks our disobedience? Are we thinking, you know, I can dabble in this or I can look at that or I can hang out with these people. It's okay. It's okay forgive me grace grace it's all his grace if you sin deliberately that's that's presumptuous sin presumptuous sin is spoken very critically up in the bible 1 john 2:28 now little children abide in him that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. It's 738.15 right now on Wednesday evening, Eastern Standard Time. If the sky split and the Lord was coming back and that was it, are you ready? Is your life in order? If what you did today you had to be judged by, are you happy with it? Doing God's will is what sustained Yeshua. John 4.34 when he was speaking to the woman at the well and the disciples came back and thought somebody else had fed him. And he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. What he's saying is my food, my nourishment is to do the will and pleasure of him who is his father who sent me and to accomplish and completely finish his work. He's talking about witnessing to the Samaritan woman. The disciples were worried about being hungry for food, but he sent them on the way because he had a divine appointment. And she showed up in the heat of the day. And then he witnessed to her, and she ran back to town to tell them about the man at the well. So John 4:39 to 42 we see his nourishment. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. And then they said to the woman, Now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him. And we know that this is indeed the Messiah, the Savior of the world, See, that was his food, that was his nourishment to do the Father's will, the Father's way. It was his will, it was his way, it was his mission. The true sustenance of life is to do God's will and accomplish what we're here for. Even in the natural realm, nothing stimulates, keeps alive, or maintains courage more than seeing success in the mission that one is dedicated to bring about. Though I was tired after this week and though I was drained after all the work and all the weeks and everything, I was also invigorated and alive and, and wanting to do more, though my body was saying, well, if you do, you, we're not going with you of wanting to get out there and, and to share this word and to awaken people and to open their eyes and explain to them the value that they are fearfully and wonderfully made and that they can say that with a confidence that breaks the chains and, and releases all the bondage and all the evil words and everything that's been pr- imprinted upon them by people who didn't really love them, to hear that the one who loves them more than anything in the world has made them fearfully, and wonderfully made. I get it. The disciples were hungry. They traveled. They needed some food. He didn't care. He was intent upon the will of his Father. John 5.30, I can't do. I can't of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous, because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. John 6.38, for I have come down from heaven... Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And as we know from his example, sometimes being obedient to the will of God leads to suffering. Romans eight twenty eight. we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. John 1, 2-4, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete lacking nothing 1 peter 3:17 for it is better if it is the will of god to suffer for doing good than for doing evil and we know how the lord suffered fulfilling the prophecy in isaiah 53:10 Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. And don't think you're the only one that sits there and and struggles with this. In the garden in Matthew 26, verses 39 and 32, The Lord went a little further, fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. He said that a second time. Oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And remember, at this point, he is so stressed, he is sweating drops of blood. The the blood has rushed to the top of, of the skin and is pouring out through the open pores. And he's perspiring blood. He's, it's dripping down his face onto his clothing. It's hitting the ground. He knew what he was about to endure in a human body. He knew what he was about to do to pay our debts for us. And he sought the Father if the Father could but take the cup. But if not, I embrace your will. What are you going through right now? What hurt, what pain, what lack, what potential for suffering that you're saying, No, Lord, no, Lord, let it not be so, Lord, instead of saying, Let your will be done. What is your best for me, Lord? Are you willing to let go of what you're holding on to? Are you trying to drag someone or something with you? So one of the things I learned about this weekend was there were a lot of people that encouraged me and said, oh, why don't you do something in Orlando so I can come here? you teach. And when they heard about, oh, man, this is great, I'm going to be there, I'm going to bring people, and then they didn't show up, and not even a word, not even, hey, I'm sorry, can't make it, sorry I missed it, and now I've let them go. I'm not dragging people to come with me anymore. I have a place to go. I have a mission. I know who wants to go, and I know what the job is. When the 120 left, he let them go. He didn't beg, oh, please don't leave me. No, he just turned to the other disciples and said, Are you going to leave too? And Peter said, Where do we go, Lord? We've given up everything to follow you. You have the words of life. If people don't want to make the journey with you, let them go. If it's God's will, they'll circle back and they'll find you. Sometimes you have to let go and let God to get what he has for you. But we should follow his example and strive to know the will of God. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Psalm 143.10 Colossians 1.9 For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Ephesians five fourteen through seventeen, therefore he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Messiah shall shine, make the day dawn upon you, and give you light. Look carefully then how you walk. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity because the days are evil. Don't be vague and thoughtless and foolish, but understanding and firmly grasping what the will of the Lord is. When he says, awake, O sleeper, it's calling upon God's people to turn from the sinful darkness and live in the full light of Messiah saw a post on Facebook by one of the daughters of Keith Green, the Christian singer, who died in a plane crash along with two of his children. And she was one of the ones that was with the mother and, and didn't get on the plane. And this is the anniversary of the passing of her father. And it was a very powerful, emotional post. But I, I thought about it. I'd not heard Keith Green about, about 10 years ago. And I heard the song of Sleep in the Light. If you've never heard it, go on YouTube. Look for Keith Green. "Asleep in the Light." It's just as powerful now as when he wrote it decades ago. The church is asleep in the light. Awake, O sleeper. We live in a fallen world. Look, look carefully, who you walk with and where you're going. Watching on every hand to avoid the danger and the enemies and the false friends and the false teachers and all the things that'll trip you up but live the gospel by watching your conduct uh, making the most out of the time buying the time means improve every moment to make up for those lost in sin see that's the the agenda that's the will of God that's the mission you want a mission go get people saved healed and delivered you want a mission? Shine the light to those who are in the darkness. Be a lighthouse so that they don't crash on the rocks, but that the rocks save them. The will of God is that everyone be saved. Matthew 11:27. all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. It's all about God's will. He wants you to know his son. 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 6. I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf. Give thanks for them. Pray this way for the kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth, to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. And this is the message that God gave to the world at just the right time. See, that's the focus. That's the will of God, that they understand and come to the knowledge of the truth, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. If they don't believe in him, they've made a decision, and when judgment day comes, they've judged themselves by their decision. That was Paul's focus, his prayer was, was to get the church on task. Because at that point, he was dealing with false teachers who had snuck into the church and brought a false teaching that was hampering the mission to the Gentiles. And you know what the teaching was? They were pulling people away from the mission of salvation. And we see it happening today. We see... Like that man who inspired tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of millennials with the message that he now renounces, even though it was a false message to begin with. I can't even imagine the damage he's done to the flock. Maybe they'll find their way into the right pen. Maybe the Lord will lead them to somebody who will tell them the truth in love and get them back on track. One God means one mission, reconciliation, one mediator who made the blood sacrifice, because without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins second peter three nine the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Not willing what? That any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is why he's delayed his coming. This is why he's delayed dealing with the rebellion of the false teachers and the fallen angels and the demonic spirits. He could end it all. He could expose their schemes and split the sky. We can say, Lord, I don't understand why you're tolerating this. But yes, you do. He wants to give them chance. He wants them to get saved. He wants your brothers and your sisters and your mothers and your fathers and your husbands and, and your sons and your daughters who are lost who are deceived or wandered away and not born again. He's giving them a moment. He's holding out to the last second. And so what are you going to do? What is God's will for you in your life? We see it with Noah and his family. We see with Lot. The Lord is faithful to give people a chance. And during Peter's time and Paul's time and now our time, they need assurance that to live godly lives in the face of false teaching and, and the scorn of the world is going to be rewarded, and it will. Don't do it for the reward, but understand Rejoice to the extent that you partake of Messiah's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Messiah, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. But may the God of all peace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Messiah Yeshua, if you have suffered for a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's first Peter four thirteen and fourteen, 1 Peter five, ten. It's all there. It's a struggle. We live in a fallen world, they don't want to hear what we have to say, but he wants us to say it anyway. But sadly his will and his way involves judgment. And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted. And also for us, when Adonai Yeshua, the Lord Jesus, appears from heaven, he will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire, bring judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus, Yeshua. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, praises from all who believe, and this includes you, for you have believed what we told you about him. Second Thessalonians 1. If you ever really want to get burdened for the world and for your loved ones, read Second Thessalonians. Let me read you a quote from A.W. Tozer. God's compassion flows out of his goodness, and goodness without justice is not goodness. God spares us because he is good. He could not be good if he were not just. The vague and tenuous hope that God is too kind to punish the ungodly has become a deadly opiate for the consciences of millions. It hushes their fears and allows them to practice all pleasant forms of iniquity while death draws every day nearer and the command to repent goes unregarded. As responsible moral beings, we dare not so trifle with our eternal future. Redemptive theology teaches that mercy does not become effective toward a man until justice has done its work. And finally, let me leave you with the fact that his will and his way is supernatural. The Bible makes no distinction between the natural and the supernatural. Everything is naturally supernatural, that is. That is. The Bible that is God, that is Yeshua, from beginning to end is supernatural. Adam was designed by God out of the elements of the earth, out of the elements of the universe to be in perpetual connection and communication with him and even the universe itself, but sin severed that. But his design for Adam was perfect and supernatural, and sin stole it from him. That's his will, his way. There's nothing about this walk that is natural. There's nothing about what we do that is natural. His will and his way is filled with the miraculous. It's mandatory that you believe in the miraculous if you're going to believe in a living and a loving God. The work of grace and salvation is so miraculous. It overcomes everything God's Holy Spirit, his gifts, his fruit, they're all miraculous. Everything about him is supernatural. So make it your heart cry. His will be done his way on earth as it is in heaven. His will be done in your life on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray right now, your will, your way. The perfect will of God. The Isaac will of God. No more Ishmael. No more asking you to bless or mess. In our Ishmaels. We want Isaac. We don't want your permissive will. We don't want the outcome of the bondwoman, the slave, our slavery, our bad choices. We want your perfect will in our life right now. I bind everything and anything that interferes with it. I open up the hearts and the minds and the hidden chambers and those those deep down places that things have been forgotten and I say come out into the light be restored be made whole and walk in the fullness of his will and his power for you this is the time to awake O sleeper this is the time to say lord have your way with me This is the time to say, if I learn anything, I want to learn about you, and I I want to learn your gifts, and I want to produce fruit, and all the other things that the fallen taught in Canaan, and have spread throughout the world through all the false teachings, and the new age, and the occult, I don't want that. I want you, because greater are you that is in me than he that is in the world. Break us free right now, Lord. Break us free of all the heaviness and all the things we've dragged with us. Let us let go of all the people we've tried to change who don't want to be changed and try to drag along who didn't want to come. Let us run. It's time to run. It's time to do the job. It's time to take the word out there. Get people saved, healed, and delivered and tell them the king is coming. The king is coming. I pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I'm Richard Gunn. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.